This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. everybody my name is ron ecstasy and this is blue men group it's a podcast um as you know <laughs> i don't know john that's like john that? john this is the sound of john's voice and devin how are this, you hello this is the, yeah hi oh my god this is the sound of devin's voice uh-huh okay so um Bit of a rocky road to start. Uh, one of my favorite ice cream flavors, rocky mm. road. Let's just get our favorite ice cream flavors out of the way. John, what is it? If moose tracks, moose tracks, because that's it, true. It's like but it's supposed they to put be in shit. like uh, uh, peanut butter cups to to stay as a stand-in for shit, right? Yes, mint chocolate Dev, chip, do you a mud pie. Pre- same here, man. Same yeah. here. Really? I really liked mint chocolate chip, and then I ate too much, and then I got, I threw up mint chocolate chip ice cream. Right. Oh, that's why. Because you way overdid it. that was when I was 12. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's, I uh, like well, PTSD you can't for mint be doing that kind of chip, stuff. Yeah. It's more a moderation issue. Uh, you need to slowly moderate the way. Yeah. Well, John, Well, they sell them in those man, enormous uh, tubs. <laughs> Uh, we might have That's to like one talk about size, this think, off right? the pot. Okay, so let's uh, get right into it. This is a, a interesting look at weird news going on around the world, as you probably know. But the way we start out is to cover historical aspects of news, and this week in history. In history. 1932, aviator Amelia Earhart takes off from Newfoundland, Canada for Ireland, becoming the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic. Okay. Did you know about that? I didn't know about that. <laughs> Classic so the, piece of the history. The first uh, thing I learned about yeah. her was her disappearance. Um, but yeah. she was um, a groundbreaking uh, yeah. aviator before that. Yeah. Ground. Yeah. Ground. She. Yeah. She did most and, of her and a groundbreaking, groundbreaking up person. in the air, to be honest. So it's like uh, yeah. kind of a weird earth shattering, <laughs> I guess you could say. Sky breaking. Um, uh, but yeah, but then Amelia Earhart. Busting. But so she disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle, right? I guess. <laughs> but she but she was going from Newfoundland to Ireland. Now get your globe out. Find Newfoundland on the far, far Atlantic province of Canada, the far uh, right of Canada, uh, mm-hmm. that is east. And then obviously Ireland is uh, on the far west of <laughs> Europe. Uh Bermuda Triangle, though, is down near Florida mm-hmm. and Cuba, I so think. So this flight was successful. She accomplished this flight. In but Bermuda. Another flight in the future took oh. her through the Bermuda Triangle, whereupon she was never seen or heard from again. Right. So, yeah. The Bermuda Triangle thing is like, that's how I also know of Amelia Earhart. And I always put her in my mind with other mm-hmm. mysterious ladies like Carmen Sandiego. Nope. No one knows where she is. But no one talks about the Bermuda Triangle anymore. Uh, But I feel like people our age, we were raised on the Bermuda Triangle as being something that was very real, very kind of 
it, yeah. it sort of brought it sucked very real in and they didn't come out um, well it's it's similar to uh you know the yeah. saying it's gone the way of the dodo mm-hmm. uh nobody says that anymore <laughs> and right well you you know what though dodos were indigenous <laughs> oh, to the bermuda <laughs> triangle area yeah, but so okay so, so the bermuda triangle may have that. like eaten itself is what i think like because it, yeah it, everything just disappears there so the fact that we no longer yeah we no well, longer I think talk everyone about the bermuda has just been triangle. avoiding it now uh, yeah, maybe, there was also yeah. that singapore airlines singapore airlines just flight that just went missing yeah. does anybody check the bermuda triangle uh i don't know it's like Good the world's question. lost and found. i'm afraid to go in there might look. be other other i don't want to go down there it's like the basement. It's like I'm not really interested in going down and taking a right. look because it's like kind of creepy in there. Like maybe the plane crashed there. Yeah, I don't want to no go check out. out there's no exit door that we know of, but there might be other triangles yeah. around in other parts of the world that we haven't actually identified. Maybe it's one at a time. Yeah. The triangle moves into different areas. Maybe it's that like garbage patch in the uh, mm-hmm. ocean or something like that. Because I always thought that. Or not always. To be honest, I'm an aviation buff, and I've been confused about the Amelia Earhart thing because I heard that she went down in potentially like one of the atolls uh, mm. over in uh, the Pacific. Yeah. But again, I don't know when she was flying. So this is very similar to me uh, to the to the Hindenburg, where I didn't know that the Hindenburg did 63 previous flights that went fine okay i only know about that one (laughs) shitty one and then amelia Earhart had to have been flying every single day but all i know is that she's got lost one day yeah and we haven't found her since do you think her fellow aviators called her amelia Earhart? e-r-r because she made a goof (laughs) i hope i hope they didn't do that but um, very rude. I, I I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> blame Amelia. I I blame the uh, aircraft that she was flying. Um, or the weather I, conditions I at the time. Or the weather conditions, yeah. Or the Bermuda Triangle. I mean, that's see, that's the thing. It's so easy that you can just blame everything yeah. on the Bermuda Triangle. Um. Yeah, it's like a new world. Uh, like like in the Odyssey when there's like sirens or whatever, boats go missing, giant Charybdis sea monster mouth yeah. Yeah, so, monster thing that eats up ships and then it's like the new world it's like we yeah, have Amelia's a like, what is, like, what is that down there and thing. then all of a sudden nowhere to be seen just part of navigation um, I, I would like to consider Amelia yeah. Earhart uh, a Mahdi figure within the uh, 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 Muslim religion Islam oh uh, really a, a comeback she may be coming back you know like kind of like Jesus what if she's not dead right. and she is uh, uh, going to return like an even better aviator and she like think about this we haven't evolved in flight we've we've regressed in flight we used to have supersonic <laughs> flight we don't have that anymore okay we 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 are not moving forward in flight okay, amelia has been studying amelia amelia has been studying and she's going to come back with the uh the unwritten plans of the right lovers that will uh <laughs> bring us to better flying around the world Maybe these these sightings of extraterrestrial aircraft yeah. are actually sightings of her piloting future technology. Mm. And she went through some kind of time warp Dev. scenario and she's testing ooh. out. Or, yeah. 
or the Bermuda Triangle, sort of like an Area 51 thing where it's like, you're not allowed yeah. to go in there, there's top secret military technology. And yeah, it's, it's like they're crafting UFOs and flying yep. them like water to air uh, vessels. And it's like, they have to create this whole myth, mm -hmm. like the Area 51 Roswell alien thing to keep people like in their popular consciousness, but also to make it like, yes, uh, to Absolutely. keep everyone else skeptical of anything going on yeah well there really, we go. we're like learning uh tons about amelia Earhart. i gotta be honest I, I doubt there was many people named amelia back in 1897 she was very beautiful uh you know she's very uh i think it was probably very rare for uh female aviators to exist back in the day um and Ron, did you have a uh, uh, you know you have a crush didn't. on Amelia? Um, I, I was I was had more crushes on the airplanes themselves than uh, <laughs> than anyone flying them. Um, right. But I'm saying now I have a crush on <laughs> Amelia Earhart because I'm a grown grown man. But uh, yeah, so okay, so she disappeared um, in the Pacific Ocean en route to Howland Island from uh, New Guinea. Ah, so, I see. Okay. They're, so they're, not related so, to the Bermuda Triangle at all, after all. Yeah, well. But we got to talk know. about that. Exactly. So let's, uh, you know, maybe take a visit to the Bermuda. No, let's not. I don't want to go there ever. It's it's scary. It's it, as John said. It's the basement. So let's let's shut that basement door. It's probably not. It's probably not exactly. Anything going let's on, shut that basement door to, to uh, the Bermuda Triangle and look towards the Pacific Ocean and try to find Amelia because she's got she's got some answers we need. <laughs> it would be funny if she was still out there and she was just like Robinson Crusoe surviving and just waiting for someone. She was like, there's no way that I'll, they'll come find me. Like I'm on, a, I'm on an island, like I'm out here in the ocean. Like someone eventually will come through and like spot me and like save me. She's created like a whole new like coconut based uh, infrastructure on an island. And then it's like, Everyone just tells spooky stories about Bermuda. John, I, yeah, I, I, I hate to break it to you, John, but uh, she'd be 124 years old right now. So, yeah. John, she's so. she's long gone. She's deceased. <laughs> okay. Sorry, John. <laughs> nope. She's deceased. But, I'm sorry, John. Uh, all right, Amelia, rest in peace. We love you. Uh, keep our eyes to the sky for you tonight, baby. Um. <laughs> All right, let's go uh, to uh, the <laughs> the big uh, airplane engine of the uh, show, uh, dual dual twin turbo engines. This is what in the news. All right, guys, we got a lot in the news this week. Uh, per usual, the news did not stop. The news did not take. A break for uh, mid-May for any reason. It never has. <laughs> uh, so why start this year? Yeah. Um, we got a headline here from Newsweek magazine, no longer a magazine. It's a uh, online subscription-based uh, website that is filled with uh, kind of garbage news that is not that important to anyone. But here's a beautiful title. Hey, I thought we People were stepping are up. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, it, I know. I, I, I did is, too, but... It's better than some of the sites that we've pulled from, so... Uh, that's, that's true. That's, that's that is ex very true. It's extremely true. Yeah. We, but l let it be known that we are just in the uh, the garbage news business now, so uh, we yeah. are deep, knee-deep in uh, some of the some of the least intriguing uh, news websites I've ever seen, but 
That's why we are doing it for you. Here's the headline. People are eating rotten raw meat to get high in dangerous online trend. I like that this headline has Uh, get high in scare quotes. Like it's still like a novel piece of slang. Right. Well, let me ask both of you first. Have you been partaking in this uh, online trend? I I, haven't. I've never done drugs um, in my life. And I would never Ah. start with eating uh, rotten raw meat. That's good. I like that. I have my steaks uh, extremely well done. (laughs) But what's the deal here? Where where are we getting this info from? Okay, well, according to IFL Science, the appealing, excuse me, appalling diet trend <laughs> uh, encourages people to let raw meat rot for several months or even a year before eating it. Mm-hmm. Once adequately rancid, the decomposed raw meat, aka high meat, <laughs> is consumed and supposedly a euphoric high feeling soon overtakes the person yeah. eating. And then followed by um, you, you don't feel your feet and then you throw up. You get chills yeah. and tingles. Yeah. Th- does the euphoria... Okay, do you think the supposed euphoric high feeling that overtakes the person eating is potentially a... Uh, potentially a year or months in the making? It's just kind of... They're describing... Uh, uh, what, what do you call that when, when you're expecting something to happen uh, uh, and, and then it hits and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. What, 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 that's a, a very easy English word that I cannot recall right now. But um, shock. Thanks uh, for, we'll, we'll let the view. We'll let the, the listeners fill that one in. You, yeah. you okay. do the thinking and uh, yeah. Come up yeah with listeners, pull out your scatter or your uh, Mad Libs cards and uh, go ahead and fill out the rest of this episode. We're going to have a couple blank spots for you to pencil in your guesses, and then we'll, we'll yeah. send yeah, them I, in, and then we'll read them out as the script for next week's episode. Yeah, I've lost a few words in the past six days. But, um, okay, this so story yeah. this story is pretty fascinating, though. Um, it is good. The story goes on, while some reportedly eat high meat for its alleged mind-altering effects, others actually say they prefer the taste of the rotten flesh which IFL science says is often described as cheesy and more acidic than your average steak. Oh, uh, I just had like a, <laughs> a taste in my mouth. When you said cheesy, I got like a cheesy, cheesy taste in my mouth steak. that I don't like. Um, <laughs> it's not it is important to note that, that raw yeah. and fermented meat is eaten all around the world, and it has been for centuries. So cured meats like salami are a perfect example, but those examples are not similar to the uncontrolled rot featured in so-called hi that's what i was gonna say it's like what if they just end up describing like creating beef jerky and yeah Yeah. that's what i was wondering too yeah steak tartare because the idea of aging meat is you know that's definitely done like it's dried and everything else but this seems i guess they're distinguishing this is different this is yeah this is extreme yeah this is important to distinguish that so yeah, it's important to note that the raw meat, uh, oh, sorry, uh, the concept of high meat is not entirely new, as Vice reports. The trend has been lurking on Reddit and other nin- internet enclaves for years. In 2017, for example, this anti vegan YouTuber posted a video of himself eating meat that had been rotten for a full year. Got, what, what is that, that is, going to prove? That YouTuber is uh, truly anti vegan in like every sense yeah. of the word. Yeah. Um, yeah. And meanwhile, a two-year-old Reddit post in r slash carnivores asks how one might transition into eating rotten meat. 
<laughs> um, reporting on the two-year-old reddit throat uh thread um news not week, even a thread yeah. just a single post um <laughs> however online discussion about high meat has surged since a series of viral tweets brought newfound attention to the little known practice last week twitter user super loaf cat shared screenshots of recent pro mm. high meat tweets alongside the simple caption losing my mind over this soon others started researching the practice and were equally horrified by the results so people uh, are finding out about it on Twitter. It's going viral. Um, it's spreading, and um, maybe even the disgust over it is helping it spread. Yeah. So this is the, that that Twitter post that you spoke about. The just the person said uh, a friend convinced me to eat raw rotten meat, high meat, yesterday, and it actually felt great. Very interesting, since everyone would think it's crazy. Then somebody <laughs> responds, "Did you get sick?" And then the same poster said, "Not at all." This is how it looked, by the way. And then it's just a piece of absolute raw garbage meat. Ooh, um, okay. By the way, the word that I was looking for is anticipation. <laughs> so if that was the word that you were thinking too, congratulations. You anticipated me <laughs> to say that. Because what I was trying to say is if you're letting a raw piece of meat sit for one year, maybe the euphoric feeling that you're having is just like the anticipation of it being good. And then you probably like shit your brains out or something like that. Um, yeah, well, it says as a Naras Lapsis, a Singapore based consultant dietitian, told Vice it's possible that a whole range of bacteria present in rotten meat could be behind the reported high or hallucination or feeling of euphoria. It's so all of these bacteria rushing into your body could actually be doing it. Yeah, what a thrill. Uh, I, what a thrill. I like the idea that a lot of people are like replying, <clears throat> you know after recently doing it and partaking in this experiment of eating raw rotten meat and being like, it was fine. Like I didn't get sick at all. And then it's like, you don't hear from them again. <laughs> Ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Ever again. Yeah. Or, or the idea that like, uh, somehow you're going to, you know, you're, you're off to college. It's your first year of college and your parents are like, listen, we're really worried about you. Uh, uh, you know, doing drugs and alcohol when you're out at college and it's like, mom, don't worry, I'm going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And then, then you find out that your kid's uh, aging meat in their dorm to eat on yeah, like a Friday right. night. Yeah, like where do you uh, let at, it rot? At the frat house. How do you protect it from like wild animals and stuff? Like, right. I don't understand. It's so weird. Or like you put it under your pillow or something. Or? And Newsweek reports that the Vice article reports that in addition to food poisoning, um, the consumption of high meat has the potential to cause uncontrollable bowel movements, large <laughs> oh. intestinal damage, vomiting, dehydration, <laughs> oh. and even botulism. Yeah, no shit. So um, kids, I think no you should shit, stick actually, with the lots regular of highs. Um, are you guys familiar yeah. with casu uh, marzu or whatever? It's like Sardinian rotten cheese. No. And it's no. they uh, like they do the regular cheese aging process, but they let flies like lay eggs in it. And then when it's like hard, semi hard cheese, you eat it and it's got like uh, the the maggots, the larva of the fly, like inside of it, swirming around. Wow. And they're alive and you're eating them. Yeah. And they like are eating <laughs> the cheese as you eat them. So it's like double digested Ooh. or whatever. Wow. That's pretty. Uh interesting yeah so maybe this I, is like yeah. somewhat similar to like maybe may, so maybe this is like a sardinian tradition of eating like disgusting um sorry be. i just had to uh i just had to duck out for a few minutes to uh <laughs> do some uh say you say look, hi uh, to the toilet you look a little uh, uh 
pale, Ron. Are you? Do you? Are you hungry? Yeah, do you no. need to have some? Are you? Can I give you? Can I offer you some of this? I just. Ha- uh, I have a new food that I've been working on. This is a new dish in the uh, John recipe book. I would love to try. Yeah, it, John. here. Why don't you have this? Um, well, yeah. I. I I I mean I I do like I love salami I love cured meats I like steak tar- steak tartare I've had that a few times uh, I've 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 been in the raw meat game I've done that kind of stuff but uh, I will not be letting these raw pieces of meat age for um, for internet trends or whatever. So are, are we are we assuming that no one's doing this for real? Is this a joke? Yeah, that that <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That was the initial thought, right? Because we are all of the age to remember Jenkum. Is that what yeah, we're exactly, kind of referring yeah. to? So, if you don't know, Jenkum was some internet trend where people said that you could get high off of putting poop in bottles or something and saving it and all that. Yeah, yeah. and the, the the news started reporting on it as though it was a real thing, which was very very funny. That's that's a great joke, right? But um. I, I have a feeling this is kind of the potentially like a Zoomer uh, version of a Zoomer uh, Jenkum, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, we were all Jenkum. kind of made made cynical by Jenkum, really. Like we kind of lost our illusions. <laughs> right. Yeah, it hardened us. Yeah, it we hardened initially, us. yeah, we initially thought that it was real, but it turned out to be fake. And uh, I certainly I thought Jenkum was real can. and that people were doing it. Yeah, in in the in the post uh, Iraq War, uh, you know, news economy, we were like, nope not buying it jenkins not real uh even though we wanted it to be i believed it initially Um, i I did did. too i really did i think i did yeah come on own up i I was trying to it was was on the news how could you not believe it exactly um so Um, please do not eat this if you can please understand that this may or may, may be a joke on you and your gullibility but however there are probably people who are doing there probably are people who did jenkin because they saw it on the news and I think there are probably yeah. people who are going to try and do this. Oh yeah. So well, and they're all what, what I was saying. Well, yeah. well, let's 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 move on because uh, moving on to a story related to a more appropriate consumer of rotten meat. There we go. That's uh, true. Shelter releases 1,000 feral cats onto Chicago streets to combat rat crisis. So I didn't know there was a rat crisis. Well, it's a local Chicago punk band, Rat Crisis. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they've been stirring up a lot of trouble. (laughs) No, but um, an animal shelter in Chicago has released 1,000 feral cats throughout the city uh, through a program called Cats at Work. The Treehouse Humane Society, a local animal shelter, releases feral felines onto city streets. The initiative places two to three cats, all spayed, neutered, and vaccinated, outside of residences and businesses to sustainably deal with Chicago's rodent problem. So that's interesting. They're they're all spayed, neutered, and vaccinated. So yeah, against COVID, um, against COVID, uh, probably uh, and probably feline AIDS or something. The flu or but something. But they're putting okay, cats yeah. to work. Um, so this is kind that's, of like a that's cat a, jobs program. Yeah, that's what's really interesting. They're sort of like little, you know, they work for the city. Do you think they get like yeah, breaks do, and stuff? Yeah. Do they get badges? Are they uh, covered by union yeah. representation? Uh, there's We're a lot of sure. questions here. Uh, United, what would they be? It would be like the United Kitty Cat <laughs> uh, Union or something like that. U- local 420 yeah, or something. The International yeah. Whiskler, Whiskers, uh, <laughs> IWW. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's some more radical ones. Uh, yeah, there's a whole spectrum but, of political opinion within the cat community. Yeah. So it 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 is it is a good way, I guess, to 
release cats from places like humane society right because that's they're saying that um the cats are animals that would not thrive in a shelter or home environment and are usually subject to long stays in animal control centers or euthanization Mm -hmm. Hmm. um so that's cool that they're they're giving them a second chance to kind of do what they do instinctually yeah oh well because feral cats i don't know if you guys have ever tried to approach a feral cat um no yeah it's not a good idea they're not your typical house cat. No. Um, but it's a, the, the article goes on to say, while the deployed felines will sometimes kill rats, the mere presence of these repurposed alley cats is usually enough to scare off pests. Hmm. About 1,000 hmm. cats have now wow. been released since 2012, as reported by WGN9. Uh, local homeowners or businesses can sign up for the program as long as they hmm. cover food, water, and shelter for the cats. Oh, nice. The popular uh, program currently has a long wait list as stated on its website. So that's Wow, cool. that's great. You so they just want people sponsor, to adopt. Yeah, yeah, you sponsor a crazy cat to hang out outside your house. <laughs> I love and that. make sure that no rats come around. But you have to shelter it somehow. Yeah, you have can to you pay for it. Can you leave a cat shelter outside or something? Do they have outdoor cat? I'm, I'm completely, I'm speaking to two cat owners on the show yeah. and I, d- I don't know much about cats. You just need a place for it to um, like kind of nest, like a little box yeah, or something. That warm it's like, enough. Yeah. yeah, that can keep the rain off of it and stuff. Okay. Um, And then it'll do its and, thing. And the snow. And the snow. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like how in, this is a, a really far out there, but in the 18th century, I guess, there are people like really rich people would pay uh, someone to live in their garden, like on the grounds of their property, and pretend to be like a hermit. So cool. they would have like dinner okay. parties, and they'd be like, "We have a hermit on our property," and they they would take people through like their parties of like visiting aristocrats and nobles to be like, "Check it out," and like he'd pretend to be like working on some like long poem or whatever. And it's sort that of would one hundred percent be my job. Yeah, it's That's sort of the so cat cool. version of that. You just have yeah, like a totally. feral cat on your grounds. Yeah, Bring well, that back it's... for people though, for real. I know we need, we need some of that uh, work. Um, so apparently issues for vermin aren't new for Chicago. That makes sense. For the sixth consecutive year, Chicago has beaten out major cities like Los Angeles and New York to be named the rattiest city in a poll yeah. conducted by Orkin, of course, <laughs> an American pest control I would company. like to see their numbers and I would like to make sure that they're not, you know, putting their thumb on the scale here. Yeah, exactly. It seems like Orkin needs to drum up some business <laughs> in Chicago, if you ask yeah. me. Are they Chicago-based? Right. They. Oh, it must. Are these be. Orkin I mean, cats? The rat king of Chicago. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I also thought Orkin only dealt with like ants and stuff like that. When, since when are they into the, uh, uh, the, the pest game? game? Yeah. Um, We're getting closer well, to humans every day. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I know. It is, it's very true. Yeah, I have a garden um, hermit problem on my property. I need Oregon to come through and set some traps. Yeah, co- come through, Mr. Oregon. So while Chicago has implemented solutions like rat-proof garbage bins and rodent side in rat burrows, the Treehouse Society, which I think is like the Humane Society, uh, has called these actions ineffective in short term, specifically citing the use of poison as dangerous to children, pets, and the environment. I agree with that. Uh, mm-hmm. Alternatively... Using cats as deterrents for rats is a long-term and green solution, said the organization. That's I agree. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. It makes I, sense to me. What, in a neighborhood that I used to live in, there were tons of feral cats, uh, and they were really cute, and they added to the, you know, the feeling of the neighborhood, so I yeah. support it. The, the feline of the neighborhood. Where I live, there's a bunch of cats, um, too, and there's also a bunch of rats, but they seem to be... They seem to be on top of it. The cats seem to have it under control. 
That's cool. Yeah, I, I, I do think that the, the cats are going to do a great job. It just feels like, I don't know how old these cats are. It seems as though a thousand of them, they can't reproduce. Right. So in like, I, I don't know, some cats can be like 17 years old, can't they? They can be up there's to gonna like be 20 some, or something. Yeah, there's going to be some old cats in 20 years yeah. just cruising around Chicago with stories to tell, <laughs> yeah. let me tell you. Well, it, because it's going to be funny the, when there's yeah, like new cats, too, and they're like, you should have seen this city, you know, 15 years ago. The rats were bigger yeah. than you, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. These street cats of Chicago. That, um, that, I'm going to write a musical about it, and it's going to hit Broadway, and it's going to be a huge oh, success. Uh, Ron, I think... Uh, you may want to check on uh, the public <laughs> licenses for certain plays that have been produced cats. with cat themes because you may be infringing on someone's IP. Oh, my God. That's true. Um, um, it's funny, too, because Chicago would be a big, also, high meat city, I feel like, because right, you know, it's like right. Upton Sinclair's The Jungle was set there. Oh, yeah. Yep. Big rat problem. Oh, yeah. So maybe, maybe these cats are feral because they've been eating rotten rat right or, or they're they're on the high the high meat yeah. they're stoned yeah. out of their minds on high meat um yep. but the article finishes off with a sensible um ending the shelter says working cats are natural predators which provides a reliable permanent solution and a win-win for both humans and cats so you oh. love to see that just like a nice that is great interspecies cooperation it's a the, it's the best solution for everybody mm-hmm um, yeah, it's, th- it's th- me this is an example and a cat of, shaking hands. <laughs> this is an example of America getting better, you know? Like, yes. there's a lot yeah. of tough stuff going on right now, but Thank this you, is Devin. A, a good story. True. Thank you, yeah, Devin. That makes me feel That's better. Nice. Well, let's let's take our, uh, let's hop in a Jeep and uh, take ourselves down to uh, Florida because, yeah. boy, we got to get away from these rats and it's getting hot, man. I'm going to take off my shirt. John, hit Actually, us with the next story. We've got to, we've got to, uh, Take a quick detour to Texas after. Excuse we me. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't know why. Ron, I know you're very to excited. To Florida so bad. You really just you want to get out of the urban environment, but it's okay. We can go to other places to get a similar. Yeah. You know, have a fun weekend or whatever. Please. In, fact, in this case, in this case, spin your globe, spin your globe, and get to yep. Texas, yeah. and then go all the way down to the very bottom of Texas. There to, it is. Uh, there it is. An area in the Gulf of Mexico. You're you're looking at Galveston County. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. John? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, so, no, there's a really fun event this weekend. I think we should go. It's called the Go Topless Jeep Weekend. And actually, oh, I'm sorry. It looks it like it already happened. happened. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, we missed it. This oh, no. News. We missed the, the Go Topless Jeep Weekend. I wonder how it was. But, I, hope, I hope people had yeah. fun. Oh, no, I'm seeing an article here. Go Topless Jeep Weekend ends in nearly 100 arrests. Oh, my. Uh, oh, no. It looks like it was a bad weekend in Galveston. Um, says yeah. here, Jeep enthusiasts gather near the Boulevard Peninsula every year to show off their custom Jeeps and their hot bods during the day and party around bonfires at night. More than 1,100 people said they were going on a Facebook event for this year's festivities. Um, and it looks like right. many of them were arrested for things, the most common arrest being DUIs and public intoxication. Of the 86 arrests that were made Friday, most were for minor offenses, but nine people got DUIs. So right. it looks so, like people yeah. were driving around the beach on their Jeeps drunk and uh, wearing no shirts and getting sunburns. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like an awesome time. And I'm, I'm bummed I missed it because I was in Florida. Um, right. Yeah, yeah you took, a, <laughs> took got the wrong directions. Yeah, it's, it's all right. You guys, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, like it's a 32-mile be- mile long beach. Uh, 
And in those two, there's two specific miles where all of the problems were happening, <laughs> which is very funny. Uh, According to it, Galveston like a, County Sergeant Justin Ostermeyer, who's yeah. presumably responsible for uh, corralling these people. Yeah, it's almost as though there's like a, uh, I, w- I call it the Galveston Triangle, and it's a two-mile uh, triangle <laughs> space that everything weird happens on a 32-mile beach. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I don't. I mean, I would say that uh, this is probably a Jeep thing that I wouldn't understand. You wouldn't understand um, because I don't own a Jeep. But I do know that Jeep owners are very, very adamant about corralling themselves with other Jeep owners and driving places. And who knows? Yeah. Maybe not staying on the road or <laughs> going in the water, splashing yeah, like, puddles up into the air onto camera lenses. Yeah, because yeah. think about this too. Jeeps, some of the Jeeps don't even need doors. You can take them off. And there's not many automobiles that you can just take the doors off. And it's right? like fine, so, right? Yeah, so this yeah. is a kind of a natural extension of that where it's like, well, listen, my uh, the Jeep doesn't even have a roof. It doesn't have doors. Fuck it. I'm taking my shirt off. And then yeah. look what happens. Ostermeyer, Sergeant Ca- Galveston County Sergeant Justin Ostermeyer. <laughs> comes in with his badge and gun and says you need to get down not so fast off of that thing yeah do you know why i pulled you over uh it's a jeep thing because yeah it's a jeep thing Um, so i'm looking at a video of of the footage of the event and it's like basically the whole two mile stretch everyone is like parking their jeep like up on the like where the tide comes in and Mm -hmm. they have set up like a lot of texas flags a lot of don't Mm -hmm. tread on me flags there's some Mm -hmm. pirate flags and it seems like nice. every Jeep is its own like little base camp. Yep. Um, yeah. People yeah. set each, up like each Jeep is an island, really. Like, yeah, exactly. In, in many senses. Yeah. It's kind of um uh like Jeep occupies like the libertarian edge. Um yeah. but I feel like it it would almost be fitting to like if you own a certain type of car, you get certain legal privileges. I agree. And depending mm-hmm. on which uh, you know company you go with, you get certain legal privileges. And so with Jeep, you get yeah. a lot more kind Absolutely. of freedom to do, you do. what the you want. The police respect that and recognize it. If I were to drive down the street in my Honda Civic without car doors, I would probably get pulled over. Yeah. But if I were doing yes. the exact same thing in a Jeep, I would be getting, I would be saluted. <laughs> by the police officers oh yeah 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 big <laughs> um, time and um, also i realize I, now that topless jeep weekend did not refer to everyone taking their shirt off it refers to the fact that you can take the top of the cab of the jeep off oh, and drive around well, that's a disappointment yeah well that's why I, that's why i got arrested uh well, that was, was that seems to be I, the problem i forced everybody to take their shirts <laughs> off and it was in the wrong two mile zone that justin ostermeyer was just hanging out in uh, Galveston County Sheriff, who, uh, according to GovSalaries.com, makes $75,000 a year. Um, this is this salary is 105% higher than the average uh, and uh, wow. 105% higher than the median salary of county uh, uh, the county of Galveston. Well, it so seems he's making like, good money, but he's, he's working yeah, hard for he's it. He's working hard. He's taking on oh, the yeah. kind of work that a lot of people aren't interested in doing, which is... That's right. He's getting mud splashed on him. Um Guys with backwards baseball caps and arm tattoos are physically intimidating him. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that he has to deal with. You know, there's he's having to hold beach. people's hair as they puke on the yeah. beach. And, there's sand getting yeah. in his shoes. Yeah, the raw meat. The raw meat situation too. there is probably really bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. rats. They're probably the super people... into that as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's probably some um, like rats come in from Chicago, mm-hmm. etc. 
But he's taking pretty extreme measures. He says, uh, Sergeant Ostermeyer says, we will have an around-the-clock nurse at our substation on Crystal Beach. Our DA's office actually set that up for us. They will be there to do blood draws. <laughs> so they've <laughs> for, got like, like full-time staff ready to, to you know, test people's blood. I'm a bit confused. For that because, drunk drivers. Yeah, I'm a bit confused because it's like, okay, so you're not allowed to drive drunk. I understand that. Are you, I guess you're allowed to drive on the beach if you have like are you an allowed off-road to drive vehicle. Buzzed? But are you allowed to drive on the beach drunk or buzzed? Because it's like you're off-road. Right. So you're not I don't know. part of the traffic flow. Is uh Ostermeyer just trying to protect the sand? Is that what he's doing? Is he is Maybe. he uh uh you know he's, he's standing freak. the line he's a sand, sand freak. freak? Yeah, he's he just want he doesn't want he doesn't like the tread the tire treads on the on the beautiful Galveston sand because that's where uh you know, it's big it's big people pull in the 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 city pulls in money that way on their beautiful sand. I know this. <laughs> I've Yeah. I've talked to the government there. <laughs> I know their salaries. I've I've done the homework. Put your top back on. Bring your flag out. Don't tread on me. I see it. Um, so it seems as though the tire treads are all over the yeah. sand. Oh, I see. Justin Ostermeyer hates it. And Justin uh, Ostermeyer, that's his. That's the thing he says in his head over and over throughout his workday. Don't tread yes. on me. Yes, yes. Or the Galveston uh, yeah, because, Beach. Yeah. But in any case, uh, we wish them the best. Um, sorry for the arrests. Uh, we will be putting up a GoFundMe to support their legal fees. Yeah, and yep. uh, you can find that in the show notes. Yeah, so, and sorry yep, that we missed it, Ron. I I thought I scheduled it for this weekend, but it looks like it was too late. We'll find something else to. Uh, yeah, we'll find another topless Jeep event. No, I know, and I was in Florida, so that doesn't mm-hmm. help. Um, yeah, so we've raised $92,000 of our $100,000 goal for uh, the, <laughs> the bail fund. And uh, we're also going to take a little, take a little bit of the money and take uh, Sergeant John Ostermeyer, or Justin Ostermeyer out for um, crab legs. Okay, so let's move along. Um, this is from the science desk. We know that uh, our science desk has been working overtime on uh, just looking through DNA, there's the helix, the double helix that exists. Watson and Crick, they're still alive, working with us, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, headline, traces of Neanderthal DNA extracted from cave dust by powerful new technique reveals how European tribe living in Spanish cave was replaced <laughs> by East Asians 100,000 years ago. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> So we've got an ethnic dispute yeah. uh, over this yeah. European cave dating back 100,000 years. Um, yeah. Small amounts of Neanderthal DNA discovered in the dust of Spanish and Russian caves could give mm. researchers new insight into how our early ancestors lived and fought over caves, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Well, that was so, the real estate market at the time, 100,000 years ago. <laughs> People didn't have homes. They, they had to find grottos and caves to move into. Yeah. So the 100,000-year-old discoveries were made in three different spots. The Galleria de las Suestas cave in Burgos, Spain, and the Chagrishaka, whatever, and Denisova caves <laughs> in the Altai Mountains. Yeah, yeah who cares? Uh, the findings published in Science. Uh, Wait, that the, just listed as published in Science. science. That's, yeah, science. By oh, the, there's yeah. a link to science.com. By the way, this is from the 
most crowded website ever uh daily mail yeah, no. which if you go to it without your ad blocker on is absolutely insane <laughs> you you cannot even get to the heart of the matter just uh a lot of ads yeah. for ray-bans um so um yeah science note that the dna was collected from dust on the cavern floors in both regions so think about that when you're at home and you're thinking like boy it's dusty in here i should probably clean up don't leave it there for a hundred thousand years so scientists can figure out what you were doing yeah and who you were angry at right specifically. yeah, yeah. Um, who you were fighting with that's the that, that's that's important data don't yeah. don't get rid yeah. of that so uh the dawn of nuclear dna analysis of sediments massively extends the range of options to tease out the evolutionary history of ancient humans said the study's lead author max planck institute for evolutionary anthropology researcher benjamin verneau in a statement we all know ben <laughs> friend of the show benjamin he's Verneau. part of our science desk team absolutely yep. Yep. yeah he's an affiliate he's working in a <laughs> yeah. semi-official capacity yeah. We, yeah but yeah. anyway sort of like a visiting fellow yeah I think he's an asshole. So uh, <laughs> with no fossils or tools used in the study, this allows researchers to open up large parts of human history for genetic analysis that were not available previously. So uh, another guy who I really like, Matthias Meyer, says, we can now study the DNA from many more human populations and from many more places than previously been thought possible. That's cool. Wow. So yeah. Yeah. That's great. Getting so into they... D d when they figured out that there was DNA in the dust, yeah, that's when everything changed. And they were able to like extract the DNA from one layer and analyze it, and then look at a later layer and analyze it, and it was different. And that's how you know there was some sort of ethnic dispute. Although, right, Verneau said researchers have to be careful with the new method so as not to extract DNA that could be irrelevant, say from a mammal. Quote, True. There are lots of places in the human genome that are very similar to a bear's DNA, for example. Verneau added. We wanted to be confident that we weren't accidentally looking at some unknown species of hyena. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a huge issue. <laughs> yeah. I was down at the science desk earlier today and they were talking and they were like, is that a hyena? I'm like, guys, do not get this hyena thing stuck in your head because yeah. that's you're going to think it's you're everywhere. You're going to color the research. <laughs> they're yep. getting a little bit like, yeah, they're getting in their own head and kind of <laughs> getting a little like anxious where it's like, He's starting to think, oh, is there actually any difference between a hyena and a human being? Like, I really don't know. Like, and we're just like, dude, uh, just calm down. Dude, chill out, man. Focus. Hey, Verneau, focus on yeah. what's in front of you. Don't like, you didn't you didn't get to the Blue Men Group science desk by just, you know, <laughs> doubting yourself, being a, yeah. a doubting Susan or whatever you call it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so these these guys, these guys are just taking dust and putting it in like a... Uh, martini shaker or something like that, mm -hmm. and just messing around with it, and then uh, they're playing it around. In the comes, dirt. we'll be honest. Comes they're kind yeah. of just kicking the dirt around. There we know. go. And yeah. then they find out that like uh, the Spaniards were upset with <laughs> somebody else, East Asians, I guess. Yeah. And now they're um, talking about going like deeper. Finding DNA in cave dirt could lead to further study of other groups, such as the Denisovans as well as other early groups such as Homo floresiensis, a group that lived in Indonesia more than 50,000 years ago. That so, was uh, my nickname in high school, but for different reasons. <laughs> the, uh... um, but yeah, it's a, so it's a brand new world. They're doing, I guess, important work. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, what tough to say. 
Does it have value? Um, it seems to have I, some echoes of maybe some recent history. Yeah. Right. Um, that's that's possibly true. Yeah. We, we, and I'm thinking like maybe ten thousand years ago, they could study the dust to find out, you know, like everything that you did that the last Monday type of thing. Like exactly. Right, the closer yeah. you get, the dust can tell you everything. More and like, more. The dust stuff. in your house can essentially recreate virtually your entire life. Yeah. That, yes. That reminds me. I should it, probably get the vacuum going in here pretty soon. Yeah. Got a lot we, of evidence we'll, all over the place. Yeah, you yeah, want to you want to erase that. If the wrong people get their hands on your dust, you're finished. <laughs> yeah, so especially Benjamin Verneau. Yeah. Verneau is an an eye for dust. He has, actually has extremely bad allergies, and it's kind of worked its way into like a obsession where he's just kind of uh, you know gone to eighteen years of yeah. school after his first twelve just to uh, figure out what's up with all this dust. Yeah, and, we should uh, we should probably level with you that Verneau on our science desk has gone completely delusional. He's leveling yeah, accusations he's at people constantly. Mad. He's swiping because. dust samples from everywhere on every surface inside the studio. He's accusing me of being a new type of hybrid hyena human. I know. I got that. Yeah. You got that too? Yeah. Couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. I was like So anyway, yeah. this whole article is it's it's basically written by a whack job that yeah. <laughs> um, we don't really even know if any of this even happened because honestly he's losing his mind. So Yeah. Yeah. Take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, take it with a grain of dust if you will. That's right. Uh, That's right. that this might be bullshit. All right, everybody, uh, as we close the chapter on what's in the news, uh, I think we should celebrate a new friend of the show, and I think somebody who we're going to be friends with for a very, very, very long time. <laughs> Everyone, let's celebrate the, the super, super centenarian, centenarian of, of the week. The week. So, uh, do, does anybody know what a super centenarian is? I so, I had to uh, ask somebody um, who's reached the age of one ten, one hundred ten oh, years old plus. My what we've got God, here. what do you what do you do after a hundred and eight? You know, like what the, I don't you even know advice. how your how your day would work. That's true. You give <laughs> advice. Um, um, so here we are in. In in Canberra, Australia, the uh, the capital of, isn't that the capital of Australia? Canberra. I think Sydney is now. No, I don't okay. know. Australian capital territory. A C T Canberra. Somebody, whatever. Somebody look matter. that up if you can. <laughs> We're uh, moving on. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Australia's oldest ever man has included eating chicken brains among his secrets to living more than 111 years. So now we know where this high meat trend started. Yeah, it started yeah. 111 years ago in Canberra, Australia. So retired cattle rancher Dexter Kruger on Monday. Retired marked, cattle rancher. We hope he's retired. Yeah, yeah he retired 130 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he, what, um he, so he marked as 124 days since he turned 111, uh, a day older than World War I veteran Jack Lockett was when he died in 2002. Um, they don't say anything no else notable about Jack Lockett. They just would like to rub some salt in the wound that he, he outdid Jack Lockett in age. Yeah, yeah. which I they prefer have, Dexter. Apparently they Jack. had some kind of rivalry. Yeah, so I prefer Kruger Lockett, told, actually. Anyway. Oh. 
Okay. <laughs> so Kruger told the Australian Broadcasting Corporation in an interview at his nursing home uh, by um, Tin Can, <laughs> um, you know, like a string on the end. Okay. So that, uh, at his nursing home in the rural Queensland state town of Roma, days before the milestone that a weekly poultry delicacy had contributed to his longevity. longevity. Chicken brains, you know, chickens have a head, he says. And in there, there's a brain. And there are they are little delicious things. There's only one little bite, he says. <laughs> he sounds like a monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's terrifying. Kruger's 74-year-old son, Greg. Oh uh, his spry 74-year-old <laughs> son, He's my Greg, youngest. Yeah, credits his father's simple outback lifestyle for his long life. Um, Imagine nursing being Greg, where you're yeah, 74 yeah. years old and your dad you're is still, still waiting on the like, inheritance. You kind of have a contentious relationship with him. He's like, he still doesn't approve of Greg. Yeah, like, yeah. Greg, still, you've, done, you've done everything wrong. You fucked he's still your life. fighting for. Yeah, yeah, Greg's still fighting for his approval. <laughs> Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, Dexter's over here eating the heads of chickens, yeah. saying that that's he just will not go away. Like yeah. the chicken brains are just giving him superhuman longevity, and it's like he's, he's still like, waiting for like the ranch. Like he wants to sell that property and cash out and retire, but yeah, yeah, yeah. he like, still I'm has to wait. You, Greg, I'm gonna outlive you, Greg. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, outlive yeah, like, you. <laughs> At this like, point, he, he very well could. This guy's seventy-four. He, He's waiting for Greg to grow up. Yeah. He keeps telling Greg to grow <laughs> the fuck up. Greg, look, and, you're 74 uh, years old. This is no way for a 74-year-old man to be acting. Yeah. So nursing home manager Melanie Calvert said Kruger, who is writing his autobiography on parchment It's going to take him a while, uh, by the way. It's going to take him a long time was, to finish that thing. Yeah. he's he's Right now, he's at a... Well, I, I'm not even going to do the math. Um He's, read, he's writing his autobiography. He's probably one of the sharpest residents here. Uh, I think she might be referring to his incisors, which he uses <laughs> to eat raw chicken brains, being extremely sharp. Uh, his memory is amazing for a 111-year-old. Nothing to compare that to. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, he, he knows tie, history. He can still tie his shoes. His, his, yeah. his memory is incredible. He seems to remember so many days of grazing and eating corn kernels off of the ground and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. it's as though he has many brains inside of <laughs> yeah, him. He's chock full uh, of brains. He's slowly yeah, becoming uh, chicken. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. His memories <laughs> are being replaced. His a whole identity is turning into a chicken at the end of his life. A nursing home, he's, like whoever like is on staff, just comes by with a big bucket of chicken brains and they toss them out on the floor in front of him, and he yeah, waddles yeah. over and starts peeking at them with his mouth directly. Yeah, exactly. So. Okay. uh John Taylor, a founder of the Australian Book of Records. Hey, that sounds cool. It sounds it sounds like a competitor to the Guinness Book of Records, obviously. Yeah, but uh, confirmed that Kruger had become the oldest ever Australian man. The oldest ever verified Australian was Christina Cook, who died in 2002, same year that uh, Jack Lockett died. Something weird mm -hmm. happened there. Aged 114 years and 148 days. Wow. Uh, wow. Um, by the way, I looked it up. He is not in the top 100 living oldest people. Oh, wow. Whoa. The top so 100, the youngest older. person on that list is 114 years old. Wow. Okay. And, well, and so I then, guess this guy is nothing special. No. It's not special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's He's a, a youngster. There's a, yeah, there's a photo of him, and he doesn't look... 
over 95. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Yeah. I was looking at there's okay, so there's separate lists for the men and the women. That's bizarre. He's number oh, 95 back in the day, on the John, oldest back in the day, men list. Back in the day, okay. men and women couldn't even be in the same bedroom. So the, I think they, they keep the oldest list uh, separate for those kinds of reasons. They have separate the, beds, separate lists. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that is, once you hit like 95, you're just like, look like yeah, the uh, same. Dexter Kruger. Yeah, you haven't like, aged you in years. And it's just like, well, technically true. <laughs> yeah he's he's been he's been over 100 for 11 years yeah. that's so fucking nuts like uh I, I don't even know what his day must be like he probably it's probably like a puppy or something you just sleep for 18 hours and then um yeah eat, eat your chicken brains and then like i don't know go back to bed or something or he's working on his autobiography that's pretty good probably i'm sure that everybody will be interested to read that it'll be like a uh one of the thickest books ever. He's um, actually staying up all night, like feverishly on his typewriter. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, he he stays up, uh, you know, writing and writing and writing. He's very active. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's put uh, he's ripped a bunch of uh, uh, seventy eight RPM records to an iPad iPod Nano he got in uh, two thousand two. Well, he and, yeah, uh, and he he is working all night. But it is true that he's not the best typist. He does mm-hmm. what's known as hunt and peck typing, where you, you right. look there around you for a letter nice. and you do one finger at a time. That's true. And also, uh, typing wasn't invented until like <laughs> 75 years ago or something. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. It's like a new yeah. not a novel device for him, yeah. yeah. There are so many things in our life that weren't even invented when this guy was like 35. <laughs> like, For example, yeah. like chocolate chip cookies weren't invented until like the 50s or something. Wait, really? Yeah, look that one up. Uh, no, wow. I think it's forties, but, uh, just think about that. Th- this guy, this guy is, is, has seen some shit and, <laughs> and that, that is one have, thing we, I just wanted to say that we have like 70 good years of chocolate chip cookies to look forward to. That's true. That's, that's so true. That's, so ni- that's like the nicest way to look at the rest of your life. Like yeah. that's, chocolate that's such an optimistic outlook. Like there's so many cookies left. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Even well, when you're like let's, on your last day or whatever, it's like, well, I could have some chocolate chip cookies today. Yeah, yeah, let's keep this guy alive in our dreams. Let's keep him around. He shall be forever a part of our our life here <laughs> on the Blue Men Group. And congrats on and congratulations out and, and beating out um, Jack Lockett, your old old nemesis. Yeah, yep. down with he's, Lockett. He's dead. Up with Kruger. <laughs> All right, everybody, uh, as we swing into the last section of our little show here, I'd like to pull up some numbers, as we do. Um, Taking a look here at the dashboard, they're uh, offering uh, new badges for us. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, Gamified. But, yeah, (laughs) we have our dashboard here. Um, What are the numbers? Last seven days, 174 downloads. Nice. Oh, yeah. That's good. Uh, last 30 days, 769. Oh, yeah. And then all-time downloads, 3,255. Nice. Hell, yeah. So, so, again, over the past uh, uh, 14 days, we're up 6%. So, we're still riding that upper wave of... Wow. I believe this is a 
third week in a row of increased listeners. Yeah, oh, so the last two here. weeks, it's 397 plays. Yeah. yeah. Nice. We're, yeah, we're, I can't believe it. That's I great. Can't believe it. That's... We're, we're, really, we're really starting to grow here. The community is starting to build. You're reaching out to people. You're yep. spreading the word, and it's working. Mm-hmm. You can yep. see that good work that you've done. Yes. And we appreciate that. We appreciate that as the uh, talking heads of the uh, of the show. And um, again, just please keep on uh, reminding your friends. There's at least one conversation a week, right? Mm-hmm. That's like, what podcast are you listening to? Yeah. And you say this one first because it starts with a B, and that is the alphabetically uh, second you have letter. to. Yeah. You, you're actually it's a, it's a rule. You have to go in alphabetical order. It's actually Otherwise, yeah, like a law I think that passed like I think Trump passed it or something. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. No, so. no, no. It wasn't it was uh, Justin Ostermeyer, the uh, the s- sergeant in Galveston, Texas. Who right. Was, and then yeah, who, yeah. Oh, right. When he deputized himself it. and then yeah, he enforces yeah. it. Yeah. But it is the law of the land anyway. So yeah, yeah. Do is, speak about us first. Say say the words "blue men group" whenever you can to mm-hmm. anyone that will listen to you. Really. Yeah. Unless they are like uh, trademark copyright lawyers. Yeah, we yeah. do not do want not. that. Make, make sure you don't say want blue that heat. men, blue men right. group, and then say podcast. Blue men yeah. group <laughs> podcast. Comma yeah. the. Uh, yeah. Comma uh, the. Not to be confused with uh, the uh, performance art thing that percussion group. Yeah, the blue-tinged percussion group out of Chicago. Do not listen yeah. to them. A uh, couple of blue-hued fools. Yes. All right, everybody, thanks so much for joining us, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Nice, nice, nice.